As a mid-market business owner, one of the most important things you can understand is the use of structures. And one of the most important structures to understand is a self-managed super fund. That is a vehicle that's designed and legislated on purpose to help you save tax, protect assets, and create long-term wealth. Unlike putting your money into an industry super fund or a retail fund, this is a fund that you can actually manage and control as a business owner. And I've seen several business owners use these to create massive amounts of wealth when it's used smartly. Hi, I'm Craig West, and in this episode of Mid-Market Matters, we're going to be joined by Grant Abbott. Grant is the founder of I Love SMSF, and we're going to talk today about how you can use a self-managed super fund as a mid-market business owner to protect assets, reduce tax, something everyone's interested in, and build long-term wealth. Grant, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Craig. Uh, Great to be here. Let's start with the basics. Tell us a little bit about the self-managed super fund itself. What is it and how can we use it as a business owner? Um, I think I could probably backtrack and um, have a look before we get into the SMSF and just say that uh, we have a whole lot of tools and structures uh, in our armory, particularly if you're a great advisor such as yourself or myself, that you'll have companies, you'll have trusts, uh, joint ventures and obviously self-managed super funds. Uh, in the past, SMSFs were sort of seen as uh, as a quaint little investment vehicle, but really the smarter players right at the start, and we're talking about the big family offices, which are uh, just that step above a lot of the mid-market guys. You know, they really piled in right from the start and saw the, the great tax advantages of, of self-managed super funds, and more importantly, uh, how they could be really uh, used side by side or juxtaposed with a family trust or a structure such as a company that may be sitting alongside um, or the main operating business of the um, the mid-market owner. So I'm a mid-market business owner. I've got a self-managed super fund. How do I go about using it? What are some of the things I can do with it? Well, the first thing is um, essentially when you, if you're a mid-market owner, you've generally got a, a company set up. Uh, that company, a lot of your shares will probably be sitting in a family trust or directly owned. You will be looking, if you're mid-market, you'll be looking at IPO or trade sale going down the track. When that occurs, you may well have some borrowings from a related company, we call them bucket companies, sitting in there. Um, and the money that does pour out from any trade sale or, I mean, if you listen to Michael Gerby, you should always be setting your business up for for sale. I mean, that's what your business is, Craig, obviously succession planning. Uh, The main thing is the more that we can get over to our self-managed super fund where the maximum tax rate is 10% on capital gains and potentially zero um, if you're over age 60, um, that is the that's the place to be. Now it's not that easy to just sort of you know click a finger and it, you know happening overnight. But if you plan for it and build uh, sidelines and look at how you can put assets sitting inside these self managed super funds that your business can use, um, then you're you're really way on the money there. So the summary version is the self managed super fund is a legal structure. It's separate to your business, separate to yourself and your other entities, but it's got some significant taxation and wealth creation benefits. 
Absolutely, and I think the the main thing is if you have a look at its core, um, it, it's a trust structure, but it is a superannuation fund, so it's got its own set of rules and advantages. Uh, currently, can have four members in the fund. It'll go up to six members uh, shortly. We're hoping, and that means that it can now house the whole family, so that not only can the mid market owner. Um, bring themselves in, but they can bring their spouse in, uh, they can bring their children in, and they can even bring their parents in, can be you leave it, um, up to age 75, which means that there's an ability to um, put in deductible contributions from the business into the self-managed superannuation fund uh, and start to pile on the wealth of uh, all of the members of the family, which really has a lot of impact. And I think that the major thing that if anyone can get out of it is uh, there's a lot of theorems and a lot of people are worried about these concessional or deductible contributions caps of $25,000. But for me, you know, I've done $300,000, $500,000 deductible contributions simply to, to shield or shelter taxable income. And I think that that's the, the main thing is not to necessarily worry about those caps because they changed them in 2013. It's just simply that a lot of the accounting and planning market haven't really caught up to date. So we need to be vigorous in our investigations, make sure we get a good advisors and really be rigorous in trying to minimise our taxation, not only on the income side, but also on the wealth creation side across not only our SMSF, but all of our entities, because this is our our family group. And this is how these big family offices, whether it's the Maya or the Bailey in Melbourne, you know, this is how the, the big ones operate by utilising as many structures as possible to reduce tax. One of the things I've seen work successfully with clients is the business premises. So whether you've got an office or a factory or a warehouse or whatever it might be, but as a large sort of mid-market operator, you've probably got some sort of premises, the ability to move that and use that as part of your self-managed super fund. Just tell us how that might work for a business owner. Look, I think that that's a, that's a no-brainer. I mean, if you haven't done it yet, um, look, I'd, I'd certainly be questioning where you're getting your advice from. Uh, there's around about $75 billion of business property, which is sitting in self-managed super funds, being leased back to the mid-market or the small business owners' structures, whether it's a family trust or a company. Now, if you haven't gone down that track yet, you want to really be going down that track as, as soon as possible. Um, and so that means a matter of looking at where, if it's a new premises, then simply go through that, that process of buying a new premises. It sits inside the self-managed super fund and then you pay a market value lease uh, from your family trust or your operating entity into the self-managed, which is brilliant because you're getting a, a tax deduction in a an operating entity that effectively might be paying whatever tax is, but then it's going in at a maximum tax rate of 15%. So there's a great tax arbitrage there. And if you're using your parents or your parents have got a slice of it inside the fund and they're at a zero tax rate, well, you know, it's even better all the way down the track. Uh, I think one of the things that I would put as a little bit of a veneer on it is that if you've got an existing business um, property, you can probably transfer it into a self-managed super fund depending on the, the size that you are, as long as, you know, if you if you can operate in, um, you've got no more than $6 million in assets, you may well be able to get the business premises in capital gains tax-free. Um, and depending on which state you're in, for example, New South Wales, you might be able to transfer it in for virtually $500 of stamp duty, which is absolutely brilliant because it means you can, you're switching the income from that property into a really concessionally taxed vehicle to grow your wealth and family's wealth and get the asset protection as well. So to me, it's it should be, out of all of this, it should be number one on your list to look in terms of strategies. 
Okay, so assume we go down that path and we've done that. Um, as a mid-market business owner, what are some of the other strategies I should be thinking about in terms of self-managed super? Um, look, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of opportunities and I know just going side by side with your business, Craig, in terms of um, succession uh, planning, you obviously do a lot of employee share plans. You know, I, I wouldn't uh, put it past there to have an adjunct to those employee share plans where the, the, the next level, the next managers and all that can use their superannuation money because a lot of them have them in industry funds or retail funds and, and look, they're, they're not really going anywhere uh, quickly. I mean, if you have a look at the industry funds, they tell them that, you know, the, with the current environment, we're going to have low interest rates or you're going to have low returns for the next 10 years. So why not do it yourself is, is what my argument is. And then being able to pull those resources and and go in and buy part of the share of the the mid-market business seems to me to make absolute sense um, for the business owner um, and also the people coming down the track. So you're talking about using the self-managed super fund as a funding vehicle, if you like, to purchase equity in the business for employees as part of a succession strategy? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that that's not that difficult to do. It's um, just a matter of if, um, the let's say, the senior managers have got their own self-managed super fund, uh, they can go in and buy directly equity or options um, in that mid-market company um, and they're going to have a, a slice of it, which is it's pretty typical of what happens over in the US. Uh, we got 401k plans that, that you can invest in the company. And I mean, it's virtually a bit of insider training. I mean, obviously, you're not going to put the money in if you think the company's not uh, doing anything great, but if you're right in there shaping it, your, your decisions are actually having a direct impact um, on your investment. It seems to me to be it's a great idea because mid-market is not like the, the large multinationals. You can see the impact on it um, and really you're getting in on the ground floor and it seems to me to be a great idea. So what else should we be thinking about in terms of a self-managed super fund from a business owner's perspective? How else can I use it to protect assets and grow wealth? Well, the main thing about it is a, there's a couple of things there. In terms of protection, um, anything that's sitting inside a self-managed super fund can't be accessed by your trustee and bankruptcy. So that's the ultimate in asset protection. So again, the more we have over there, the less chance that we're actually going to get impacted um, if something goes wrong on the, the outside. Another one is uh, the big drama about... Uh, superannuation is, look, I'm putting the money in and a typical mid-market guy might be 40 to 50 years of age. You know, they've got, they're building this business and then suddenly, you know, why put money into super? Because I can't touch it. It's nice that Grant and, um, you know, Craig say, well, we should put our business premises in, but I understand that's good for long term, but I can't get the money out. What I would say is that there's a, a couple of little uh, thematics to go around there is that if you are uh, under age 50 or even 55 and you can't access that money until you're retired. Uh, what I would suggest is that if you are transferring an asset over such as business property or if you are looking at investing in shares for diversification or you're going to invest in a, a, another business or something, look at uh, having a, a bit of a, a stake in it from a self-managed super fund. But more importantly, um, we have got the ability and there's commissioner's rulings on this um, that instead of putting in uh, after-tax money into superannuation, so it's, it's what we call non-concessional, um, instead of putting that money in, at least using 50% or if it's property up to 70%, lending it in. 
And the beauty about the lending is that normally when I put that, let, let's say I'm buying $100,000 of stock um, or shares, so I've got the this additional, I've had a good year, I've got to put money into to superannuation funds. I would normally put the $100,000 in, that's okay, so that's where my cap is. But what I would suggest is rather than do that, still buy the stock, but do $50,000 by way of a loan and $50,000 by way of a contribution. The beauty about that is that at any point in time, you can just tap on the shoulder of the trustee of the fund, which is yourself, um, and access that $50,000 back. So you've got a bit of both ways. You're getting all the growth in it in a concessionary tax environment, but you're also going to have access to your super or partial access to your super. So, you know, if you needed to take money out and pay the kids' school fees or go overseas on a holiday, you, you can pull it out of that amount that is the super fund actually um, owes you. And there's, again, there's a, a whole range of commissioners' rulings on that. So you're talking about some slightly more complicated strategies that business owners could use in terms of funding contributions and, and providing those. In terms of advice, how do we get the right advice and make sure we're using the fund effectively? Well, I, I think if you haven't got your SMSF fully integrated um, and utilising all these strategies already, and, and if you listen to this podcast and you're not right down that track, then it's clear that perhaps um, you need to get good advice. Uh, from that, obviously, you can go to I Love SMSF and have a look around. Um, I'm a uh, I'm a principal at a legal firm, Abbott Morley in, in Melbourne, so come along and uh, listen to us or we can put you on to some really great advisors um, They can really look at, at not just that but the whole scheme of things. I mean, you can use it, for example, the SMSF is that if your kids are, are sick or you know something goes wrong with them, you can actually use the earnings of the fund in order to provide them with accident or sickness and accident uh, payments. So there's a lot of stuff there and I think the more you can get around that family side and start to build your family wealth, that's where you can start to leave a legacy. You've talked a lot about uh, using the plan as a family wealth structure. Absolutely. Is it a much better structure than family trust or a company because of the tax concessions or is it more than that? Um, I, I would say, well... The, the thing with a family trust is only lasts 80 years, whereas a self-managed super fund is uh, really, it's it, it goes to infinity and beyond, as I like to say. Um, and if you have a look at it, um, they work side by side. Uh, so we do a lot of work uh, through Abbott Morley with property developers, people who are buying and selling property. And we're not talking about small ones. We're talking between, you know, 50 to 150 to 200 million. But it's equally the same strategies apply to someone doing, you know, five hundred thousand, a million dollar flip, or a million and a half, you can use, and it's ideal to use a joint ventures between family trusts and also SMSFs. Um, again, that way there's money available in both uh, structures. There, uh, bearing in mind, one's obviously going to be for retirement. One can be utilised now. So, but the SMSF gives you asset protection, whereas the family trust gives you a bit, but not to a great extent. Um, different tax consequences. So, it, it's a matter of just sitting down and putting on a Honestly, you just need one piece of A4 paper, A3, and putting it down and say, okay, we're going to do this transaction. 
Um, and it doesn't matter whether it's an M&A or you're doing a, a new purchase or you're going to purchase the equipment or do whatever. You sit down and say, okay, well, can I do this through my SMSF? To give you an idea of, of what can be done, for example, we worked with a, um, a machinery hire uh, company and effectively what they were doing, ordinarily they would get the the machine, they'd put it in their medium business and these guys are turning over like $6 million a year. But what we did is we had a look at it and, and they would buy the machine and effectively they would then rent it on a daily basis to uh, mining companies. And of course, you can imagine what the daily rents were on these sort of things. So we said, well, instead of doing that, why not buy the next machine inside the self-managed super fund and then rent it? And if you have a look at the tax consequences of that, you can imagine what, what's going to happen there. So every transaction should be looked at, well, start off, where is it best? Is it best to do it in an SMSF? Is it best in a family trust or family company? Or is it best to actually work in a joint venture or some different sort of arrangement to, to build that whole process out and about? Okay, so that's a really interesting case study in terms of using a self-managed super fund to own equipment for the business, but rent, then renting it back. Yeah, well, the difference is you've got to be careful. There's uh, there there are laws about what well, one of the ones that my favourite. I call it the the SMSF credit line. So let's say I've built up um, five hundred thousand dollars sitting in my self managed super fund. Again, the the more I get in, the better. Then effectively, what I can do is the laws allow me to lend back to my trust or company, not to myself personally, but to my trust or company, my operating entity, up to $25,000 on market rate interest. So instead of using an overdraft for the bank, I can actually use my self-managed super fund. And that has a couple of benefits. One is that my company or trust is going to get a deduction at the relevant marginal tax rates and it goes into an SMSF with my maximum rates of 15%. So that's that's an in-house asset, but I'm capped at 5% of whatever the, the market value of that whole fund is. If I've got a $10 million fund, then, you know, happy days, you're up around about 500000 But if I've got a motor vehicle, for example, I can buy a motor vehicle inside my self-managed super fund. People don't understand that. But again, the value of the motor vehicle has to be no more than 5% of the assets. Now, now, that's where we're dealing with ourselves or dealing with our related entities. A- again, we can't necessarily deal with our- ourselves as individuals or our children. But what will happen is that the one I talked about before is a little bit different. For example, with that that acquisition of, let's say, it's a, you know, a tractor or a header, you know, if I'm a farmer um, and I'm renting that out, um, if I go back to myself, unfortunately, um, or back to my entity, that's going to blow that 5% rule. Mm. But if I'm renting it out and, Craig, I'm normally through my operating entity, I'm operating and I'm renting out to Craig, then that's okay. But that money's coming into my account. But if my next tractor, I come in and then I run for my SMSF, the SMSF doesn't rent to Grant's business, who then subleases it to Craig or subrents it to Craig, what happens is the SMSF goes straight to Craig. And you say, well, hold on. If you go to most accountants, I'll say, hold on, you can't do that. That's running a business. Um, I suggest someone just Googles, go SMSF running a business, and you'll up will pop a whole page from the tax office about how to run um, a business inside an SMSF, which is then, that's even, it's probably a little bit beyond um, this uh, exact discussion, but it shows you how far we can go down the track in terms of really embedding and utilising the tax advantages of of self-managed superannuation funds um, compared to, uh, for example, a family trust or a company. So the key thing I'm hearing is 
as a mid-market business owner, you need to understand that this structure is available and that yeah. you need some good advice to maximise how you can actually use it effectively. Yeah. You know, it's all, all the stuff we're talking about. It's all guided by commissioners' rulings and all of that sort of stuff. And the main thing is there's no industry fund or retail lot fund I know where you can have your, your spouse and yourself and your kids or your parents in that one fund, you know, aggregating hmm. and consolidating. So until they come up with some brainiac scheme for that, to me, it, it's it's a family vehicle. Can you imagine if I went to you, Craig's accountant, and I said, Craig, can you set me up a family trust? You said, well, I can, but you can only have one beneficiary, and that's yourself. I mean, what's what would what's the, the point, point? be? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, before we wrap up, uh, one last tip or one most important tip for mid-market business owners. Well, I think the the main thing is one I'd put in that offset account straight away. Second strategy, look at your, your business property. Thirdly, is get smart and get uh, all-knowing. And the main thing is to look at um, any transaction that you do. Make sure that, you know, at least question, can I do it through my SMSF? If you want to, you can go to Dimmix or go online and have a look at my latest book, um, The Guru's Guide to Self-Managed Superfund is up and about. So, you know, grab a copy of that. That'll give you a really good insight as to how it all fits together. Okay, fantastic. Grant, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Craig. And of course, if you want more tools and information to help you with what we've just talked about, head to the Midmarket Matters resources page at midmarketmatters.com.au. 